Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It's this week's Sports Illustrated slash Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. A short podcast, but a good podcast. Our guest, uh, a gentleman whose name I suspect will ring a bell, Andre Agassi is with us. Um, this is just a quick conversation, just two guys, two guys in their mid-40s with a couple of teenagers at home. Um, we've had Andre on before. He was terrific. Of course he was terrific. His default mode is terrific. Uh, always a good person to uh, have a conversation with. For some context, Andre was at the Longines store here uh, downtown in the Oculus. Um, if you don't know the Oculus, uh, put it on your list next time you come to New York. But he was at the Longines shop. That is the Swiss watchmaker uh, that, of course, Andre endorses. So does his wife, Steph Graf. We call her Steph now. So we'd made a plan to meet. Um, I didn't even have to go outdoors to see him. Just went down to the basement of our building here at Sports Illustrated, and there was Andre. We uh, talked a lot, and I realized we weren't even recording. So um, we uh, had to turn on our phone a little bit later than anticipated. That's okay. We had a nice conversation. Uh, This is only about 15 minutes, but it's great. Andre talks a bit about uh, his life these days. We talk eight years after Open, his autobiography, and we talk— a lot about Novak Djokovic and um, what Andre is looking forward to and um, what that relationship holds in store going forward in 2018. Andre obviously joined the team in um, around the time of the French Open, and it did not go as planned, but they're sticking together, and Andre will be in uh, Australia with Novak to start the season. Anyway, a uh, nice conversation with an all-time favorite. Here is Andre Agassi. How are you? I'm fantastic. Good to see you. Thank you, John. Likewise. I was thinking uh, today's an anniversary of sorts. You want to guess? So where are we? Uh, November. What's the date? I was today? thinking eight years ago this week. Your book comes out. Ah, okay. Yeah, it came out in November. Right about that. Right. First week of November. November ninth, maybe. 
20, uh, 2009, right? Yeah, 2009. I was thinking, if you, if you write part two, which a lot of people would, uh, would love to read, <laughs> what, uh, what are you stressing? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, um, there was so much content in the first you know, 36 years of life, but I feel like I've lived a lifetime even since, quite frankly. And I would say probably, probably around my, my mission and the scalability of, uh, of what I'm doing with my schools. Um, and I don't know how I would word it or focus on it, but the idea that thinking outside the box is, a, uh, is you're capable of really creating societal change. And that's kind of what the last, uh, more or less, eight years has been about me figuring out how to do that. You say that apolitically. That's just, that's just a life lesson. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, I'll be political once there's a children's union. Then, then, I'll, then I'll put the, the, the CU next to my name, the initials, and say I'm for the children's union. So if anybody can help me with that mission, they're, uh, they're a partner. I was thinking uh, life, life being into irony. <laughs> I typed your name into Google to see when that book came out exactly. Right. You know what? You ever, you ever Google yourself? No, I can't Come say. On. I can't say. <laughs> There's a lot about uh, a baseball player with oh. your life. I think it's one of these crazy ironies that uh, one of the central themes of your book was sports parenting. And here you are in 2017. You're, yeah. a, uh, you're a sports parent. Yeah. How, yeah. Do, how, do you, how do you process that? You know, it's, it's actually harder for me to watch other parents uh, in that environment than it is sort of being a parent. Um, I think people have always asked me and Steph, both publicly and privately, what's it like for your kids with you know your parents right, being successful right. at, at, a, at a professional sport and what they fail to recognize is there's there's an asset that goes along with with what we've done which is they get a look behind the curtain every day and they recognize what it's not <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like a good way to look at yeah, yeah, yeah i think yeah. a lot of people look at being a sports athlete as what it is uh they get the luxury of seeing what it's not so their context and uh um, and balance is, um, is it's actually been relatively comfortable for us but I, was, I was thinking also from your perspective does this, does this make you wish you'd played it like leave your son out of it does this make you wish you'd played a team sport and do you sort of see sports in a different way I always felt like I, I did highlight that in my book as well right. I always felt like I'd be better at a team sport focusing on somebody else rather than <laughs> myself you know I was I was good at uh, sabotaging my own my own my own uh, game in my own mind, but I think a team sport would have been a better, uh, easier way for me to go, a, a more um, tangible uh, inspiration on a daily basis. You look good. Your uh, body's holding up? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a losing proposition as you get older, right? It's a battle you keep fighting, but uh, life on my terms, I'm healthy, I'm good, I can't complain. I mean, I, I don't care to drop anything on the floor and have to pick it up. I was going to say, you're... Uh no, these everyday, yeah. sort of everyday movements that uh, back problems yeah. militate against. You're doing okay, though? Yeah, I am. Uh, but again, on my terms. I mean, something can go wrong in a hurry if I, uh, if I attempt to you know, do something out of my control. <laughs> we're we're going to see you in Australia, aren't we? We are. Uh, I'm looking forward to going down. Um, I figured, why not? It gave, me a, it gave me a sort of a starting point of the year. 
um, a reconnection of the game of sorts, helping Novak out and also um, deciding to pick up a racket. I'm doing a little differently now. I gave myself a number of months to try to get my body right for it. Uh, so I'm hoping everything... For uh, coaching? Uh, well, yeah, for, for, for just being available for what I can do, you right. know, and, right. and, 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 and playing and having fun and hopefully creating a few memories for a place that... Um, you know, I've has been a special part of my career. You know, it's, it's, I was thinking that for both of, yeah. both of you guys, really, uh, you got out of the box fast. Yeah, between yeah. the two of you, you you probably got uh, hard. Yeah, to whatever. Say, ten Australian Opens. Between the yeah, two of you. hard to say. Hard to say. Got out of the box fast when I didn't play for ten years, right? So that's part of my uh, regret too, is not being down there sooner. You know, it's such a successful venue for me, but uh, the people were always so. Um, embracing despite my lack of engagement for the first uh, decade of my career. You, you think in those terms? You were to schedule I differently? And- I, I do. I, I, in the sense that um, I, I never could have guessed how much I would have enjoyed being down there. I mean, it was perfect for my disposition. Just it was very relaxed. Uh, uh, I was comfortable. Wherever I'm comfortable, I tend to play better, um, and I like the conditions. What well, I was going to say was that was that a tennis? Was that a tennis discussion? Is that? the court and the surface and the heat or is that spiritually it's the start of the year it's all sorts of promise melbourne's a cool city I mean, what was the comfort yeah the comfort unquestionably where you like to play uh, meaning from the elements the bounce of the ball to the to the heat to the wind right which is always what i loved i love a court where i could play i could play with spin using the wind i could play with i could hit the ball flat through the court you know i i had options to bring out my strength which was a bit of versatility in my shot making and and, and i love the heat um, but I was also always prepared for it. You know, I was, I was. Remember back in back in my time, they they used to call my team an entourage, right? Now, yeah, right. Every, all now, three of you. Now, yeah. now everybody has right, right. a team because they realize how much investment goes into it. And one of the ways I always invested in myself was sort of uh, fine tuning the end of my year, preparing to start another one. And so I always felt like I had a leg up as well. Remember. Uh Gil, Gil would make you run the hill on Christmas Eve, and two weeks later you'd be on the, the flight down. Well, yeah, I don't know if he'd make me, but we, we certainly had a strong uh, commitment to one another for those dreams and objectives. You, you, you like this guy, don't you? I mean, this is it, it's a tennis relationship, but personally, you, you relate to Novak, don't you? Um, I do. I mean, I think he's an incredibly uh, gifted person in multiple ways. I mean, what we see on the tennis court is one side of it. I think his mental uh, and, and intellectual and analytical uh, capacity is is uh, really special and unique, and I think his heart is bigger than people realize. And when I say heart, I don't even mean just a, a giving, generous spirit. I'm talking about a, a competitor's heart, you know, just uh, his, his fight, his ability to dig deep. Um, and, and him connecting those dots are really important, and, and at this stage of his career, it's essential. And I don't want him... He doesn't need me to win again, I assure you. Uh, but um, I do think I can help him be better than he's ever been, and that's my objective: is to do it easier. And I don't mean easier as in the score line. I mean easier as in the wear and tear he puts on his own his own psyche in the process. I was going to say we played dime source psychologist here. You, you you are not scared off by someone who's having some conversations with himself. 
No, I mean, if you notice everything I've kind of done in my life, I've probably chosen the hardest, <laughs> the hardest way to go about it. I mean, I, when I, you know, writing my book from entering the sport of tennis with the way I chose to do that, I mean, I just sort of kind of follow, uh, I follow my, uh, I don't know, I follow the path that just seems lit to me, you know, and, and then I try to figure it out, and here I am jumping into to a guy that's won way more than I've won um, at a time in his life that uh, he's probably at his lower point uh, and then and then going to uh, jumping in the middle of a defending the French Open to so I'm not scared of challenges right. and it's problem solving at its finest and that also inspires me and you know 30, 31 years old isn't what he used to be it's, it's not, and I think he's an exaggeration of that, quite frankly. I mean, the unfortunate fracture in his elbow that is, uh, we're probably a week, a week away from knowing that's completely behind him. Uh, but other than that particular uh, obstacle, uh, he's really 30 going on 25. I mean, you think, his you body think that? is special, yeah. I, I think if he does it right and if he wants to, um, I think when he's uh, 36, 37 years old, he will redefine what that age looks like as well. Is that Tom, Tom Brady of, uh, of tennis kind of stuff? You know, uh, I mean, well, we you, can't you, predict the future, right. but his body's pretty special. So, is, I mean, how much of that is just sort of wear and tear and mileage on the odometer? And how much of that is technology and tree? I mean, you know, you famously 25 years ago had a, had a diet that did not approximate Novak's diet. You used yeah. a racket and you used, I don't know, Luxalon came along yeah. probably late in your career. I mean, yeah. how, how much of that is just technology and progress? And how much of that is, a, a spe- like you say, a special body? Yeah, uh, I think in Novak's case, there's, uh, he's probably, it's probably 80 20. I mean, he's blessed with some special gifts. I mean, even if you look at video of him playing when he was young, his body was pretty unique his sense of balance and his ability to move from a wide base and 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 actually protect important parts of the body so there's no question as part of that there's no question there's a lot of science too to it i mean you know he doesn't go about anything without putting a lot of thought and he does a lot of research and from his diet to 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 his uh, you know fluids and replacing and recovering and i mean there's a lot of science these guys are putting into it now and you know something i always valued with gill um way before a lot of people put thought behind it you uh you have a wife you have children you have other interests how do we get you to commentate though <laughs> how do you get me to can leave? we do a kickstarter can we uh, to, to leave home for two weeks you're coaching anyway talk. you know, do it uh, it's, it's true it's true but um no, I mean, I, that's, I, t- I appreciate the question. I take that as a compliment. I, I want to be involved in the game. Um, I, I don't know, you know, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll stick my head in there every now and then for the fun of it. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of working for a living anymore. You <laughs> <It's> know, <overrated. laughs> so, so I don't, I don't sort of as, as well with Novak. I don't accept job positions. I just kind of choose to live and to do what I, what I do. And I wouldn't mind jumping in with Darren and jumping in with Brad and and uh, having some fun every now and then, and it might give me the opportunity of being on the road. But, uh, yeah, I, I like I like talking the game unquestionably on a, on a grout level, and I get to do that now with Novak, and um, maybe I'll do it on TV too. Ten- Who knows? Tennis Channel will be in Australia. Yeah, that's just, right. Uh, j- just saying. Okay. You, you, um, what's, what's your relationship with the sport now, though? Uh, you know, evolving. It's evolving. I think uh, when I when I left the game, I knew I wanted to put down the racket for a little while. That's your first instinct. I think it is for everybody. 
Um, then I said I got to stay involved. I helped Jim start that Legends thing, um, you know, and so I played throughout that. Um, um, I partnered um, a long time ago, 10 years now, with Long Jeans as an example of my support and respect for the game. They've been a great supporter of it and, uh, and also my mission. So there's been a lot of overlap there. So I've, I've, I've kind of spent some time connecting in, in, in different ways. Uh, this Novak thing is its own thing for me, um, but I also recognize that it's doing right by the game to make sure that one of the best to ever play this game has a has a, a future and a history that reflects that you know that that reality. So I'm, you know I'm trying different ways to get involved. So it's always it's always evolving and morphing. Still seeking. You know, it beats the alternative, you know. beats the alternative. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it you, uh, you played enough golf. Yeah. Um, this was great. Thanks, uh, Thank thanks so much. Thank you, see you uh, in Melbourne in I'll, two months. I'll be down there with bells on. <laughs> Eight years since Eight Open. Years. Can you yeah. believe that? It's, it's gone by fast. I mean, really fast. I suppose as you get older, everything seems. I was going to say that's uh, yeah. again beats the alternative. Yeah, and then you look at the kids grow. It's like wow. 16 and 14, like two strangers almost in some ways. Are you, are you ready for, uh, you know, two, you're like me. Two, two years from now, your house is going to be a little quieter, and four years from now, it's going to be a lot quieter. Um, I'm hoping that Steph and I are the friends we think we are. To each other. <laughs> yes, to each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think you'll be all right there. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Man. Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks to our guest, Andre Agassi. Always a pleasure talking with him. Um, again, I feel guilty, Jamie Lasanti. We, uh, we were just, uh, we were just bullshitting. Can I say that? We were just, uh, talking shop, talking about our kids and I, um, did not hit record. So, uh, hence that podcast was a little shorter than, uh, we'd intended, but always, uh, always good talking to uh, Andre. I thought a lot of interesting comments about Novak Djokovic. He is, um, Andre Agassi does not have to be doing this. He is not making many decisions, uh, without volition. So he... Clearly is uh, is on board for this uh, Novak Djokovic experiment in 2018, which I uh, I thought was interesting. If I told you, Jamie, that before I started covering tennis, but when I was you know in, in high school, this was Nick Kyrgios. This was the uh, the rad rock star, erratic tennis player who uh, you were never quite sure where his his passion resided and whether his mental game would uh, catch up to his his physical talent. Would you believe that? I would not. One of the great transformations in all of sports. Um, to to talk with Andre and hear his his wisdom and his perspective, and and to think back to uh, the late '80s. It's why we uh, we should not give up on athletes. People uh, people are evolving organisms. People change. Is it why you give Nick Kyrgios the benefit of the doubt sometimes? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if Nick Kyrgios is ever going to reach this point uh, where, where Andre is. That's, that's a high bar. But, yeah, exactly. People uh, people change. We all grow up. We all evolve. Um, that's a good point. We're, we're not static characters. I, I would say two of the great underrated stories in sports, apart from the Williams sisters, which I still maintain is the most underrated story in sports, Andre Agassi married to Steffi Graf, a little like, uh, you know, this would be Michael Jordan marrying Cheryl Miller. And we don't really talk about them a whole lot, do we? We don't. But they they choose to kind of stay out of the spotlight, uh, which, you know, is admirable. It's kind of hard in these in these social media days to, to do that. And they they do it very well. 
they do not have much of a social media presence, that uh, they may be onto something. You are as famous as you want to be. I'm sure if they wanted to uh, to be Insta- Instagram king and queen, and if, if they wanted to uh, go to movie premieres and events every night where they could be photographed and uh, in the public eye, they could. It sounds like they would rather stay home with their kids and help them with homework. Good, uh, good for them. I still say, though, tremendously underrated story that these two towering figures, you know, these are... 30-plus majors in one household, and uh, we, we sort of take it for granted. And the irony is that their kid is... Yeah, exactly. Is a, uh, is a great baseball prospect. I, I always said if, if Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf's kid grew up to be like a florist, that would be, that would be great. Um, I, I suspect they made a conscious choice to stay away from tennis. But clearly, clearly some hand-eye coordination did get handed down. Let me, let me ask you a question. We wrote this week... Uh, in the mailbag, I got a bunch of questions. This was a few days ago already, but the next-gen finals in uh, Milan, bit, a bit of a rocky start there with uh, the draw ceremony. What, what was the, they, they attempted to integrate the rich heritage of Milan's fashion scene. Uh, that didn't go so well when female models uh, suggestively told players what groups they, they belonged in. What, um, I mean, on the, sort of the, the outrage spectrum, where do you find yourself, Jamie Lasanti? I have to say, honestly, at first, I try and stay off social media on the weekends. So I, you know, did not see it happen, did not follow along as people were kind of being outraged about it. Uh, And then I just kind of saw the headlines. But then I saw the video, um, which I had not seen. And, you know, when you're watching something on TV and you're so uncomfortable that you just want to, like, jump in the TV and pull the people out of there because you feel so bad and you feel so <laughs> awkward and you're miles and miles away. Jared Donaldson, um, I will save oh, you. Yes. Uh, so it was, I mean, it's one thing you have, you know, you have a draw ceremony, you have a, a woman there or women there dressed in attire that is, you know, maybe represents the city's culture or something like fine. You want to do that and you want to have them, you know, hold up an A or B standing next to the tournament director. Um, you know, fine. This, the dancing, the attire itself, the runway, the music, the revealing on body parts was it's just weird and wrong gross you mentioned jared donaldson i mean the players were visibly uncomfortable so not only are you putting you know these players in an uncomfortable awkward situation that they can't get out of they're stuck there um you know you're doing it at a tournament that is hasn't even started yet and you have been kind of plugging and promoting and kind of was like supposed to be really great for a while and then like it all comes crashing down in the five minutes that you're announcing what players are in what group i mean maybe if uh maybe if sexual harassment and objectification were a little bit more in the news these days uh <laughs> they would be hip to that no this was a um, colossally tone deaf um but uh, I, you know I, I think you raise a good point too which is you've got this event it's never been held before it's the players 21 and under who you know in theory this is the next generation but these are also players who haven't quite gotten their due because of Federer Nadal and Murray Djokovic taking up all the oxygen we've got all these crazy innovations some of them I actually think have worked pretty well some of them seem a little silly but this is not a conventional event that sells itself you really need to nail the marketing um and within five minutes before anyone had uh hit their first serve, I'm getting text alerts about the disgraceful this and that and Judy Murray's tor- tweeting mm-hmm. and Moresmo and Billie Jean King. It, it just seemed like there were one event where you wanted to go pretty conservative on the marketing and not have controversy. 
it was this tournament where, A, it's never been held before, mm -hmm. B, the whole point of it is to try and promote these players, and C, you've got all these wacky innovations and, and rule changes and twists on uh, conventional scoring. This is not what uh, the ATP wanted. The funny thing that I thought was that if this was a tournament, you know, if this was the ATP finals with Roger Federer and, and Nadal and kind of all these top players who have established themselves and they do media appearances and they, you know, they, they do things with brands and products, you have to think that they have um, a little bit of a say and an understanding of what they're getting into when they do things like that, right? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, That's a really but then good point. You're, you're, you're taking these kids who are, you know, supposedly the next gen, the, right. the people who are going to replace them, who may have not gotten that type of training or have not had that experience, and you're throwing them into something. I mean, I'm sure none of them knew that was going to happen until they got there that day or you know this someone said all right this is how the draw is going to work i mean none of those none of those kids are going to say no i'm not doing that right no, whereas right. somebody right. you know 10 years older has the experience and and you know the understanding to say no i'm not right. putting myself no, in that situation 36 year old roger Federer with tens of millions of dollars is not doing endorsement that. relationships he's not going to be in that situation but that's when so you're unfair 21 years old and the whole reason you're at this event is for promotion and media coverage. Um, I think that's a really good point, too. I mean, some of it, I think, is just the difference between a 21-year-old and a man in their 30s. But um, Of course. But no, but Roger Federer's leverage in this situation and his experience in this situation is not the same as uh, yeah. Denis Shapovalov. So, uh, point taken. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the London event. Uh, the draw ceremony was delayed when Boris Becker... Was stuck in traffic. Um, not quite as scandalous, but maybe uh, I think a draw ceremonies are uh, probably something the ATP ought to um, spend some time reassessing this off season. Um, the tennis has been good. The tennis has we been no. The tennis, tennis has been good, and um, again, I, I think this. I think some of these innovations have been pretty good too. Uh, it's it's a lot to handle. I mean, there there I think there are nine different innovations, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we don't need lines people after all and maybe i i'm not even offended by the the four game sets it's it's been interesting and i think that um th this is probably I, I like the thinking i like if nothing else the the fact that the atp has said nothing is sacred but uh boy that was a whiff on um on having the models introduce the players all right um so thanks jamie that we you patted that out richard deitch always says we need to have more conversation and um especially when the host neglects to uh, start recording Andre Agassi, and we only get 15 minutes. Um, that uh, next that time I'll have live. to come. Next time you come along, yeah. you you would uh, you'd like this guy. <laughs> Just another adult in his mid 40s with two teenage kids. Um, all right, that does it for this week. Again, uh, thanks to um, Andre. Nice revisiting with him. Thanks to Jamie as always. We'll be back soon with uh with another guest thanks for listening everyone keep the suggestions coming you can download this podcast and subscribe on itunes stitcher and whatever fine podcasts are sold have a good week everyone enjoy the uh the matches in london and uh see you later in the month